Good Tuesday morning, everybody. We're getting close to Christmas. It's probably about two weeks out. I haven't bought any presents. I don't think I really know what to buy this year. I already got my wife like all these pictures and ceramic dogs that look like our dogs and artists renderings and pretty much everything I could get her with the dogs. She's got a bunch of comfortable sweatshirts, which I'm pretty good at buying. I mean, you can't buy your wife clothes because you don't know what the style is. And they try it on like 50 times and they look at it from 100 different angles before they buy it. So, you know, there's no way you could even take. And what if you make the mistake of getting the wrong size, right? So either it's too small and she feels fat or it's too big and you're thinking that she's fatter than she is. (laughs) So... You just can't win when buying your wife clothes. You can't do it. Don't do it. I I know I've been married a long time. You know, it's my second marriage. It just, you can't do it. So you got to buy them something and you don't want to buy them like a kitchen appliance, right? Because that's something that all their friends will roll their eyes at and stuff like that. So it's, you got to get, I guess, you know what? I guess jewelry, but man, I I hate wasting money on jewelry because it's expensive. It's just like doesn't hold its value. You know, I'm kind of like a um, a value guy. You know, I have a car that gets 43 miles to the gallon. Um, I don't like to get something that's going to depreciate. And, and jewelry is just like, it's so expensive. And it's just like, like if she wanted to resell it, you're going to resell it at half the price, you know, because you're buying it from a store. And it's, just, I, you know, jewelry is like the go-to because it's thoughtful I don't know, like some chicks like it's not all of them like it, but, you know, it's something they can show off to their friends kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's something they like to do. But anyway, I have no ideas. You know, it's going to come down to the last minute. I mean, my kids will probably just want money anyway. They're older. You know, you can't buy them presents. Um, I don't know, man. Um, And I don't have a lot of money this year. I'm on like a retired salary, you know. Like I had to take off today because I was taking um, basically Benadryl, dehydromygamine <laughs> every night. And I was wondering why I was getting dizzy spells and like numbness in my arm. Like, am I going to have a stroke or something? And come to find out that um, it's addictive. It has It's addictive like cocaine. It's got like the same kind of high in there. And that's why I was taking it every night to go to sleep. Even though I don't really have problem going to sleep, it was kind of nice to know that I'd be asleep within an hour you know, even if I'm going to sleep early, but, you know, I'm not very good with drugs. You know, I have, uh, I don't have a good tolerance with drugs, you know, and I I was lightheaded and just like, you know, I had to leave work a couple times because I didn't have the energy. And, you know, it was just all this drug that I was taking. So that's why I'm just taking a couple days off, get that shit out of my system and coming back swinging, you know. So speaking of coming back swinging, um, we hope the Pittsburgh Pirates will do that this coming year. Um, But I'm not surprised. I guess some people were surprised by the Zips projections. I mean, you know that I don't um, particularly put anything into into these projections. I mean, there is one company that just looks at um, the three previous years. You know how they pick fantasy football and they try to predict, oh, this guy had... Eight touchdowns this year, 12 touchdowns this year, 15 this year. How do we take that into consideration, you know? Like, people do these projections, and they're somewhat accurate. But with the way Fangraphs does things, as far as putting things into a computer, you know, 
and you know that you're dealing with a human being, which you can't put that into a computer, you know, who's hardworking, who's not, who's going to get hurt, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, the fan graph stuff you have to take with a uh, grain of salt. And not only that, they come up with their own thing, like F war, I guess it's like fan graphs war. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares about it. It's never been featured on the MLB network. It's just some nonsense, you know? So they do it by F war. And I know that a lot of the young baseball fans, they like fan graphs. I don't know why. This guy that makes the F wars and does the zips projections, he lives in his mom's basement, right? I mean, it's just some guy, just some nerdy guy who came up with a computer program. But we know that computer programs can't project human being behavior, you know? They can project lots of stuff. They can project like, um, I don't know, like maybe what the inflation's going to be in a few months based on the way it's trending, you know? Or maybe uh, what's what global warming is going to look like in 20 years based on the trending. But you can't, you can't project 20-some-year-old human beings because they're all different, you know? Um, look at Brian Reynolds. He had a bad 2020 because his wife was going through um, the first pregnancy. Um, he was depressed about everything that was going on. And we all were, right? So, you know, his numbers were down. So his F war is not that great. I mean, it's just like, you know, if you were doing it, you would probably come up with a better projection. I mean, granted, you're probably biased towards the Pirates, but you know that his 2020 was an aberration. And as I have said, he's going to have probably some regression this year because you don't have a career year every year, you know. And uh, some some of the guys on Twitter get mad at me. No, you're wrong. He's great. I'm not saying he's not a great player because I think that he is. I mean, I guess you could consider him a great player, you know, like an elite player. Um, he's probably going to have to do it for a few more years before he's recognized nationally as an elite player. But the fact that he just kept coming this year in a lineup where he didn't get any pitches to hit, where he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, where people were just like <clears throat> knowing that you can't put Brian Re- – if you want to win the game, just don't pitch to Brian Reynolds, you know, because the rest of the guys can't hit. Even with all that, you know, he still put out a ops of 900-plus. He hung in there with all these other guys, you know. And granted, like, um, the guy on the Phillies didn't get any pitches to hit either, you know. Bryce Harper took a lot of walks as well. Um, But that does work into your ops. So, granted, um, you know, he has a lot more experience, Bryce Harper. And uh, you know what he's going to do every year um, as long as he stays healthy. We don't know that with um, Brian Reynolds. But just the fact that he did it without having all that experience tells me that this guy is a good baseball player, you know, and we know that him and Brian Hayes are good baseball players. But the problem with the Zips projections that everybody got upset about is because they predict the Pirates to be the worst team in baseball. Well, I mean, everybody's predicting the Pirates to be the worst team in baseball. And if you look at it objectively, you know, they are the worst team in baseball. They have two position players that are really experienced that are healthy, you know, you can't really count the catcher that they just added because he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. You can't really count that pitcher they got from uh, um, the White Sox and Cubs because he hasn't been healthy and he's been terrible, you know, lately. Um, there's a lot of guys you can't count, you know. And then even Thompson, he only did it for one year. And then, um, you know, Bryce Wilson, he's very young, you know. I think that he's going to get better. 
but um, it's hard to put that into an F war, I suppose, you know? But yeah, I mean, even if they're a little better than the F war with guys like um, Thompson and, uh, you know, and Bryce Wilson, they're going to be probably the worst team in baseball, barring just like some other team just getting ravaged by injuries, you know? Like, um, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks were worse than projected last year because they had a lot of injuries. But even the Diamondbacks went out and they signed Mark Melanson. You know, they're trying not to be terrible. The Orioles went out and signed a starting pitcher for 7 or $8 million. They're trying not to be terrible. And Ben Sherrington's plan is to just let this team be terrible. I mean, they might bottom out for two more years. I hate to say it. Nobody wants to hear it. You don't want to think about it. But it looks like that might be the plan. They didn't extend Brian Reynolds before the lockout. And that tells me, especially after the trade of um, Stallings, that they're probably going to trade Brian Reynolds whenever they feel it's the top of his game, which might be as soon as the trade deadline this year. I mean, that's just the way this guy looks at it. He wants to get as many prospects jammed in there, and he feels like he can get top-notch prospects for a guy like Brian Reynolds and he's probably going to do it, you know. I mean, that's just he's just looking at it in an analytic way that um you know, we can get possibly two Brian Reynolds for the price of one down the road. And he's looking at it down the road. I mean, he obviously is not thinking about 2022 or 2023. Uh, I think he truly believes that the team is going to get better in 2024 and 2025 and we don't know, and that's probably why he's building such a deep width of a system, you know, because um, you never know which guys are going to pan out. Um, and another thing with fan graphs, like they'll put O'Neill Cruz at a really high F war because they already projected him with a high steamer rating. You know, so somebody who's friends with the dude that lives in his basement already gave him a high steamer rating. So he's not going to screw that by that guy over because they're in the same business, you know, fan graphs, which is going bankrupt, by the way. Um, they're within the same company, you know, like Fangraphs is begging for, um, they're like Wikipedia, you know, they're begging for people to give their own money to keep them going because, you know, even if a guy's living in his basement, you got to pay him something, right? You got to pay the software developers something and it costs money to, um, I don't know, to put all these things out on the internet and market yourself. So you know, they're, they're bleeding money, you know, like they're not really a legitimate thing, but fans love fan graphs, maybe because it has the name fan in it. I don't know. I mean, they, they're fancy about the way they do things. Some people like to believe that there's actually a computer program out there that will predict the future. I really think that some people like to believe that, you know, and some people believe that, you know, certain things like, I don't know, WRC plus are more accurate than, just looking at what a guy does. But, you know, we know that that's not true. I mean, you just look at what the guy does, you know? I mean, yeah, you might take it into consideration that he plays in Colorado or that they have a short porch in Boston or that there's a lot of home runs tend to fly out of Baltimore. But you could do that within your own head, you know? You don't need some kind of computer program to try to figure it out. And the computer program has a lot of flaws that humans don't, you know, in that, you know, you could see it with your own eyes. You see how the season projected, 
you know, you've heard professionals talk about it that and people know the guys, they know who the hard workers are. They know they know who guys that are just like mailing it in, you know, who make might not make it because they just don't have that competitive edge. Like the computer program doesn't know that stuff. So I mean, that's why WRC plus is not more accurate than just seeing how many home runs and RBIs and doubles a guy had. If you're just like take the time to look that stuff up, which I do, and I go over it on my podcast to you guys, you know, just take the time to do it. You don't have to fiddle around with all these fancy, like flawed computer projections, but I guess it's fun. You know, I guess that you guys all like to talk about the zips and the steamers and the WRC pluses when it's in your guy's favor, you know, if it supports your argument, I guess, you know, if it tells you that you can dream about O'Neill Cruz being a superstar his first year because he tweaked his swing a little bit. And that obviously helped. I mean, the guy had a lot of holes in his swing. He got hurt. He spent a lot of time tweaking his swing and he got super hot for three or four weeks during the end of the season. But what you don't consider is the pitchers didn't know about his new swing yet. And they didn't get a chance to plan against that new swing yet. And that's what happens in professional baseball is the pitchers make adjustments and then the hitters have to make adjustments. So it's going to be a very bumpy ride for O'Neill Cruz. He's not going to come out and put put up a 5F war, whatever the hell that is, you know? I mean, it's going to take time. There's going to be dips in the road, you know? You hope that when you look back, three or four years later, that he has become an everyday major league player. But you really have no way of knowing now whether that's going to happen based on some F4 computer program. You just don't know. I mean, you don't know enough about the guy. You don't know enough about his injury history. You don't know enough about what motivates him. You know, is he the kind of guy that works constantly you know, because as I've said, I kind of don't see that in him that I see in other guys that are working every day to make themselves better. I just don't see that competitive drive. And maybe that's the way the guy carries himself. You know, he's robotic. You know, he doesn't smile. He doesn't come on the field early. He doesn't take extra reps in practice when you go watch the Altoona games. It's just like those are things that the human eye can notice that a zips projection might not notice or a steamer projection might not notice. And that's why every year these steamer projections are not accurate. You know, you'll get like 30% of them that are accurate, um, 40% that are wrong to the downside. And, you know, the other 30% are wrong to the upside or whatever. But, it, you know, it's fun. You do it in the off season. And people got really upset about it um, because... Basically, if you add up the F-Wars of the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're not as good as the F-Wars of the Baltimore Orioles or the, um, you know, the other bad teams out there. So they're basically saying that the Pittsburgh Pirates are by far the worst team in baseball. And it seems like that could be. I mean, I don't know about by far because, like I said, some teams get ravaged by injuries and stuff like that. But, I mean, you would think that Ben Sherrington's plan is for this team to bottom out for two more years. And that's disappointing for people that thought that um, Cody Duncan thought that they could maybe challenge for a wild card next year 
or a lot of us thought that they would make a big leap in 2023 because some of the guys like Nick Gonzalez would be up by that point. You know, some of the pitching would be up by that point. But as as I just said, those guys aren't all going to be great right away. Some of those guys are going to suck like donkey dick, um, you know, for a while. And some of the guys will do really well and then regress. It just takes so long to find out if you have guys that are major league regulars, right? I mean, like I said about that guy on the Reds that had the most home runs of anybody in the first two months, and then the next year he batted 160 for the entire year. It's just you got to live through that, you know? And that's the thing. The Pirates are going to have to live through that. So even though we see a few of the guys in 2022, maybe not the upper-level guys, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more and more likely that you're going to see Nick the Stick Gonzalez. You know, you're definitely going to see O'Neill Cruz, and you might see Mason Martin. I mean, I'm just saying guys at these positions, right? They might hold off on Matt Frazier because he's not, you don't have to put him on the 40-man for another year, you know, so why waste his eligibility unless they change it to an age thing because he's already like 23, 20, almost 24 years old. Uh, in fact, I think he already turned 24. If they turn it into an age thing, you might see Matt Frazier next year. You know, and the other guys um, come up in 2023, and they might even dig as deep as like a Quinn Priester or, um, you know, some of the guys that are just in like Greensboro or even um, they just got a taste of, um, you know, uh, Florida, Bradenton last year. Some of those guys might come up in 2023 if, you know, at the end of all the CBA talk, we decide that it's going to be age 29 instead of six years, but it's probably going to be age 29, but it has to be at least six years. There's going to be some kind of thing in there because there's no way they're going to let um, the Pirates pitcher that they just got be a free agent in two years. The owners aren't going to let that happen. So there's going to be some kind of wording where there's a minimum of four years, regardless of age, something like that. But, you know, in any case, we're going to see these guys, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. But I think that um, Ben Sherrington's plan is to bottom out for two more years. Um, he's probably looking at the way um, the Houston Astros bottomed out for an extended period of time, long enough to where there's really good prospects available. I mean, next year he's going to get the number one. Um, so I don't know who he's going to go at number one, but maybe he'll go for the superstar. And then the following year, you're going to be top five again. And then he's, he hopes to get another star. And then... I'm thinking, hopefully, even though Brian Reynolds is traded by that time, even though Keep Brian Hayes is traded by that time, I'm hoping that they take a big step in 2024 and that they have some superstars, you know? Uh, and then in 2025, a few more superstars step up. Maybe Lonnie White Jr., who I mentioned earlier. But it's going to be a long, painful plan, longer than we had hoped. You know, it's just um, because last year, there were a lot of fans that thought that the team wasn't as bad as people in Pittsburgh were saying, you know, that they weren't going to be, they weren't going to lose 100 games and stuff like that. You know, even Darren Kavanovich thought, said there's no way they're losing 100 games. It's really hard to lose 100 games. They lost 100 games. This year, they're worse on paper. And I would say they're worse just common sense wise because they don't have Jacob Stallings. They don't have um, Adam Frazier. They don't have Rich Rod, although they might just add Rich Rod cheap. 
but he doesn't really have the spin that he had in the first couple months. But they don't have a lot of guys that they traded away, and they haven't really replaced those guys with anybody other than middle-of-the-road prospects that you're hoping someone is going to step up. And the middle-of-the-road prospects are guys like Travis Swaggerty, or because uh, they all have some warts, right? Travis Swaggerty was injured for a couple years. He only had a 720 ops in his first year out of college, which was disappointing for for overall, you know, 10 pick in the first round. Um, Diego Castillo came on last year, you know, but he's certainly got some warts because he had like five years where he didn't do anything, you know. Um, all of these guys that they're bringing up, Suwinski had a decent first half of the year last year, which is why they traded for him, but he didn't do anything in the second half. Um, you know, I don't know who that, the guy they traded for in the Adam Frazier deal, but you know, he has really good defense and, um, San Diego had to bring him up into the major leagues. So everybody thought Tupacano, Marcano was, you know, maybe going to be decent because a team like San Diego that was planning on competing brought him up into the major leagues in an emergency. Well, it turns out, you know, he did not hit at all in the second half of last year. And I'm talking about it was bad. You know, it was like a 600 and some ops. It was putrid, you know, like he didn't hit anything um, in that two months. So, you know, he's a middle of the road prospect with a lot of warts, you know. So I don't think we're going to see any upper tier prospects until twenty late 2022. And that's when you're going to get guys like... Um, Nick Gonzalez, who was a first round pick that didn't, you know, disappoint. You know, you're going to get somebody like um, Rowanzi Contreras coming later in the year um, that, you know, has an extremely good arsenal, has an incredible, um, just like competitive drive and works every day to be the best, you know, and you're going to get other guys like that that are the top-notch prospects, that have a better chance of sticking with your team. Um, Henry Davis, at least in theory, is one of those guys because he was um, the first overall pick in the draft. And even if he's not first overall pick in the draft talent, he was predicted by most to be a top 10, um, you know, better than Swaggerty. And he, even in his, you know, his couple games before he got hurt, he looked like he was a little better than Swaggerty, right? Like he looked like he was ready. Anyways, they're planning on bringing him up in 2023. So 2023, I think Charrington is hoping that that's the year that they take their lumps and they take a big step forward in 2024. And in 2024, we start getting guys like Lonnie White Jr., you know, the high school guys. Uh, Solomedo will probably be pitching by then. You know, if he doesn't get hurt, you might even see Bubba Chandler come up, although he's a little bit more of a project. And, you know, guys like that are going to come up in 2024. So unfortunately, we thought 2023 was the year. You know, now we know that the plan is to bottom out for an extra year. And 2024 is going to be the year where maybe you contribute for a wild card. And 2025 is going to be the year where you damn well better win the division. And that's the way I said it, like... This Charrington guy, he better win the division in 2025 because he's putting us through some really, really bad years. You know, just look, just not signing anybody in free agency, not adding anything to the payroll, trading all of our favorite players. 
you know, not really getting guys back that are guaranteed to be good. You're getting guys back like Marcano and Suwinski and guys like that who basically might pan out, um, but it doesn't seem like it, you know. Um, you know, a guy that might be a little better than middle of the road is Cannon Smith Nigma because he has that, his family is just like athletes, right? So he um, really has that competitive drive. And the same with Mason Martin. He has that competitive drive. He's working on his swing. And I wouldn't bet against him coming back with a decent enough swing to be okay in the major leagues, you know, to at least be right there with a guy like O'Neill Cruz as far as you have a shot to be really good in the major leagues because you have a 70 power grade, you know. Both of those guys knock the ball out of the park in um, in batting practice. O'Neill Cruz has shown a better um, average, you know. Like he, uh, he hits a lot of singles, whereas... Um, Mason Martin hits more doubles, you know, just like line drives to the wall. Um, but Mason Martin does have that, um, he has that bigger swing where he's he's doing the whole um, launch angle thing, which as we know, if you follow the New York Yankees, who always have the most strikeouts out of any team in the league, um, the launch angle is going to give you more strikeouts. But if you're able to make that really good contact, you're going to get ho- more home runs. You know, and even Rodolfo Castro toyed with the launch angle for a while and he hit more home runs, but his average went down and he doesn't have the 70 power tool that a guy like Mason Martin does. So, you know, I think the Pirates weren't sure that they want Rodolfo Castro to be just a pure home run hitter. So they brought him back to the minors to talk about it and work on his swing and decide, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't appear that and it's actually a good thing that O'Neill Cruz is going to be. Um, just a power hitter because he likes to um, hit line drives, you know, which is why he gets a lot of hard hit singles, but which is also why I worry about him a little bit in the major leagues because a lot of those hard hit balls are into the shift in the major leagues. I mean, you see guys that they have hundred over a hundred balls and I'm talking about ground outs to the second baseman who's playing in the outfield every year. And that's how the shift makes it really hard on a guy like um, O'Neal Cruz who hits the ball hard. But if you're standing in the outfield, you're probably still going to catch that ground ball and you're going to have enough time to throw him out at first base. The good thing about O'Neal Cruz is he is fast. So, um, you know, if you're fielding the ball in the middle of the outfield, he might beat enough of those out to where you got to play a little shallower. Um, so that's why I project him to have like a 260, 270 average because um, I don't think you're going to be able to shift a guy that is fast, even though a lot of his ground balls at the exit velocity are in the mid 90s. You know, he's just a little faster for you to play in the outfield and catch a ground ball. To whereas if you have to take um, a step to your left or a step to your right, it's just going to lose a little bit of that time on the throw, right? If it's hit right to you, he's fucked. But um, if you have to move a little bit and your throw is coming from the outfield, you know, even though you have a good exit velocity, he might be able to beat it out. And these are the kind of things that they don't reflect by fan graphs. These are the kind of things that you and I can look at and think about as someone who's watched baseball for a long time. And that's why Doug and I know that fan graphs is a bunch of crap. 
But it makes the game more fun. I mean, if it gets more people to follow the game, if it gets more stat people to follow the game, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, but they are going bankrupt, so you might want to give them some money, you know, so that the guy that lives in his basement it can eat, you know, soup. Um, because I don't know how often his mom makes him dinner because the guy's going bald, you know, but still has, he lives in his basement. But his parents are getting a little tired of, like, feeding him all the time. So, you know, he's got to go out to Burger King and, like, you know, maybe he doesn't have the money to go out to Burger King all the time. I don't know. Whatever the case, they need the money, so maybe give them some money. But, hey, this was a quickie. You know, it was just sort of a Zips projection. Um, but it was also on, like, the state of the Pirates rebuild. And it's long, you know. It's a long, long road. And it's a much more painful road than any of us thought it was going to be a year ago. But it looks like that's the road that Ben Sherrington is driving on. Okay, so have a good week. We love you. I'm getting this Benadryl out of my system. I'm already feeling better. I'm not having dizzy spells. The dogs are snoring at you. They love you. Peace out.